Greetings and welcome to Surf's Up, a Beach Boys podcast safari. My name is Mark Dillon, author of 50 Sides of the Beach Boys, and I'm joined by my co-host Phil Migliorati from Myrtle Beach. Hello, Phil. Hello, Mark. Good to talk to you and looking forward to this conversation. Well, we have uh, two very special guests today, two for the price of one. We have David Beard, editor of Endless Summer Quarterly, the preeminent Beach Boys fanzine, and uh, the mind behind an exciting new project involving some of the Beach Boys called California Music. And also with us is Rob Bonfiglio, solo musician, member of Brian Wilson's band, also Brian Wilson's son-in-law, as he's married to Carney Wilson, and also a key participant in California Music. Welcome to you both. And there's a third guest. If you look, oh my goodness, we have just been told that we're going to be joined by none other than David Marks, one of the founding members of the Beach Boys. So that's very exciting. Didn't see that coming. So uh, we'll get David in on the conversation uh, in just a couple moments. Um, California Music is a project featuring Mike Love, Alan Jardine, Bruce Johnston, and our soon to be guest David Marks, along with Beach Boys family members and collaborators. They have a 10-track album coming out on April 23rd, preceded by a digital single release. That's a cover of the 1970 Beach Boys 45, Add Some Music to Your Day. And it's all for a great cause. A portion of proceeds from these sales are going to Feeding America, a nationwide network of more than 200 food banks. And people can purchase that single as of now at Amazon.com. So... David Beard, I, I understand that the idea for this started when you were revisiting the great Sunflower album for coverage in your magazine. Yeah. Uh, as I'm prone to do when I do special editions about any given album of the Beach Boys, I put that music on and I listen to that music kind of on repeat while I work. You know, it helps me kind of just, you know, it, it, it helps me be more informed. And folks who have contributed, like Craig Slowinski, who sent me the wonderful sessionographies he's done through the years, uh, that helps me too. So I'm listening, I'm looking, I'm dissecting. And the neat thing about Sunflower, other than the great music that's on it, is that album cover, which has the parents with the children. And it's so unique because, you know, there's Christian and Haley Love sitting on Mike's lap. You've got Matt Jardine standing next to Al. You have Jonah Wilson up on Carl's shoulders. And of course, Carney Wilson sitting on her father, Brian's lap. And it's, it's really a, on a golfing green of all places. So it's, it's a really unique cover. And I just was looking at it, listening to the music. And I guess it, at that point when I was looking and I was, you know, just trying to absorb all the news of what was happening with the pandemic it made it add some music must've been playing when it was just all sinking in and kind of tied in. And I heard that third line of the first verse and it just hung with me the whole time. It just stayed. And that is the world could come together as one. And it wasn't just that we were dealing with this COVID coronavirus thing. It was also the cultural issues that I was seeing uh, on the news and the, the kind of the inability for us as a society. And I mean, worldwide, where we can't, even if we disagree, we just can't have like-minded conversations, even if we have different viewpoints on things. So there just seemed to be a lot of toxicity. And I just like this idea and this message of trying to bring people together. And I thought, well, what better place to start than with the parents and their children? Because most of them are musical. Again, looking at the Sunflower album cover, the only one who's not musical is Jonah. And so he was one of the first phone calls I made. I had Jonah on the phone. I said, listen, I know you're not musical, 
but what do you think about maybe singing? If you participated, would you want, you know, would you want to sing something? And he said, no, 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 that's okay. Thank you for offering. Then I said, well, you know, your brother's musical and there are so many other musical members. You know, if, if we think back to the, like, for example, I thought back to 2012, the reunion tour and Rob was playing, you know, guitar and kind of backing the California Saga group along with Billy Hinchy. So that was another element of what was kind of going on in the back of my mind is like, wow, we should just see what, what can I accomplish here and, and have them be the messengers of this message, you know, bringing everybody together. And that's kind of the idea where, where the idea started and came, came from. Let us welcome David Marks to our podcast. David, thank you so much for being with us today. Hi, you guys. <laughs> You're looking good. David, I, ha- I haven't yeah. spoken to you since my book uh, a number of years ago. It's so great to, uh, to talk to you again and uh, have you on the show. Thank you. So, David Beard, you were saying, yeah, add some music. I think it's such a good point. I mean, that song is such a product of its, of its era, of, of, of the hippie era and the sort of desire for a sort of utopian world. And uh, it just seemed like a great song to bring back in, in, in a time, as you say, that seems very divisive. Well, yes, we and I and I, I, I am very I'm a very hopeful human being by nature. Um, that's kind of where my, you know, my presence is and my thought processes is, is, you know, always bringing together, even when I'm just doing an issue of ESQ, I'm just thinking of ways of what's going to what's going to help when people read this, you know, are they going to want to put on the album? So I do that all the time. I'm always trying to think about including people. I'm an inclusive thinker by nature. So when I, once I had the idea, Rob, I was on the phone with Bruce Johnston and Bruce said, you know, I really want all of us to do this in the original key of E. How are you going to do that? And I said, well, that's a great question, Bruce. (laughs) So that's when I called Rob or he got in touch with Rob. And he was, for lack of better term, Johnny on the spot. Um, I had no idea that when I asked him, I mean, I knew how great he was as a musician. musician. I, I had seen him in concert with Brian. I had heard his Trouble Again. His Trouble Again album from 2018 was my first real exposure to him as a solo artist. And I fell in love with it. You can hear all those different influences that he has. So I knew he could do a lot. Um, but I had no idea. And I still, I'm still amazed by it. When I asked him, hey, can you do, do you, are you interested, number one, and that, and he said, yes. And he said, yeah, I can probably have something for you in a few weeks or something. And I thought to myself, okay, well, he's going to be producing and I'm, he's probably going to have to make some phone calls and get somebody on drums and get, you, I knew he knew everybody. I mean, I thought, oh, maybe he'll call Jim Lespaza or something. You know, I didn't know. But then within a few weeks, he's got the entire track, all Rob and all the different vocal parts. So he, it's not just, so he, he provided everything to me. And it allowed me not just to hear the beautiful, wonderful track that he put together, but it also allowed me to kind of disseminate all the different parts in the background. And there are so many parts going on in that song. So it allowed me to appreciate the intricacy beyond what I hear on the album. Yeah, I have to say it's it's a very impressive and loyal uh, version of the song, and uh, I'm sure not an easy one to replicate. So, could you tell us, Rob, about uh, your process of uh, of arranging it, producing it, and recording it? 
Um, well, yeah, like like David said, I, he you know he came with me came to me with the idea of doing the song again, um, and I just took the track. I listened to the parts and I laid the parts down. And um, I've done it before with different you know various things. I've done Wilson Phillips tracks where we had to redo faithfully their tracks, you know, from the bottom up, amongst many other things. So I can you know I can do that fairly. I don't want to say easily, but it's, it's, you know, it's a labor of love too. I love the song, of course, add some music and the album and everything about, you know, that music. So it was just really more a labor of love than anything else and done, you know, those vocal parts are pretty complex. Yeah, they are. Um, it's, it's, yeah. It, it, and I guess the time that these albums were recorded, it wasn't a lot of the stuff was not in the highest fidelity. So you can't, it's very hard to like pick apart all the pieces that are there. Um, but I think that we managed to get them all. <laughs> I mean, going, going by the record and what I could hear and what we do, you know, live. Um, I think that we, we, we got everything that, that needed to be done. Rob, and, and then some we had, you know, we added extra things too. Yeah. Rob, as you were doing this, uh, I don't know your music that well, but, but I'm, you know, there's some different fingerprints there. You know, mm -hmm. you, you put a little fingerprint on it, but were you tempted to try to change any of the uh, vibe of the song more than you did? No, 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 not with the classic music like this. I, I, you know, I guess there's certainly ways that we it could be reinterpreted um, I think that if you're going to reinterpret songs like these, then you better go like in a completely left-hand yeah. direction versus, sure. you know, either do it right or do it some completely different. And I, it didn't make sense to do something completely different, especially being that we're going to have the original voices on there. Some of the original voices. Sure. Well, so, what you did is uh, outstanding. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad it came out. It came out the way it did, you know. How did you record everybody? Like David plays guitar on it. I mean, there's so many different people involved and, and we're living in a pandemic time. So how did you get everybody's participation? Um, I just invited everybody come, to come by and we had a big party. It was great. You know? <laughs> we're like, there's no pandemic. Get out of here. No, um, we did. We did everything um, remotely. So, you know, I would send. Well, it, it was all kind of, you know, I would send David what he requested, like, can you please send me, you know, the track with the, you know, this particular voice isolated. Um, and then I'd send that to David. David would send it to the, the participant, whoever, whoever's part needed to be um, recorded at the time. Um, and then it would be sent back to me. And because the tracks are separate, you know, we have the track that I made, the guide tracks and, what, and whatnot, and then the tracks that were recorded over. So I would take the tracks that were recorded over and line them up to my instrumental track. And we built it piece by piece like that. Um, yeah. David Marks, I, I was just wondering, I mean, this is one of these songs, you know, that was done when you were not with the Beach Boys. So what was your thought of this song and, and of playing on it? Well, <clears throat> I had to learn a lot of songs that I didn't actually record with the boys for the shows and the tours. I was only on the first five albums, which was mainly the cars, the girls and school times, things like that, the beach and the, the more introspective stuff there, you know, that, that uh, Brian wrote. I really learned to appreciate. 
Brian for a second time in my life. You know, I'm, I've always been in awe of him. And, and, um, but um, I, I really, I really appreciate the, the stuff that, um, that I didn't participate on. And the more we played and, and toured, the more I felt, you know, a part of it. So I've adopted them as my own. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and if you remember, guys, back in 2012, the, the, that tour I was referring to when Cal Saga was playing, for a, the Beach Boys would come out and open after, after like the first few dates that they did, they started opening up their shows on the second set with Add Some Music with David. Everybody was around the piano with Brian and they would sing Add Some Music to Your Day together. Mm. So that, you know, that, I know that, that lent itself to David being somewhat familiar with that recording. David, it was great to hear your voice on, on songs, uh, Beach Boys songs that we hadn't heard before, like Get You Back, you did. Fantastic uh, version of that song. Um, are you singing on this version of Add Some Music as well? No, just along with myself. There's so much going on on that track. Rob covered all the bases and there was very, you know, I just wanted to participate so, you know, I could be, you know, a part of it because um, it's such a great thing. And um, that uh, no singing on this one. Uh, some of the people that are involved, we should also mention, are Al's son, Matt Jardine, Mike's son, Christian Love, uh, Carney Wilson, Rob, your daughter, Lola Bonfiglio, uh, mm -hmm. Justin Wilson, as you mentioned, David, uh, Brian's other daughter, Wendy, and Mike's children, Amba and Haley Love. So it's quite a, quite a choir, as you would say. And, David, and Christian, yeah. So, yeah, well, again, going back to that original concept of the Sunflower album cover, Haley is, was not part of the California saga. And I thought, wouldn't it be kind of cool if we could get, because I knew she was a singer because of Mike's uh, 2018 Reason for the Season Christmas album, she sang Bring a Torch, which is a lovely French song. And she did a really nice job. Her, her voice is kind of soft and comforting. And I could hear her on this recording. And I'll tell you, is when was Rob was mentioning kind of building the track, there was a moment when it wasn't very far apart where Wendy and Haley had recorded their parts and they both sing up in that first soprano. And hearing them together underneath Al was, was one of those really kind of Hair, hair on the, because it was just a new sound. It was just something, you know, we previously merging female voices with a song that we were so, you know, over these years had grown so accustomed to as a male recording was really kind of exciting. It was a little exhilarating to have that family that, and still have that familial blend, you know, F female voices, but still maintaining that very familiar, very familial blend. Hmm. There's also a couple of string players uh, on this track. Rob, who, who are playing strings on this? Kristen Weber and Austin Hoke. Yeah, they, they're they they're in Nashville. So I think they're busy. They do a lot of session work in Nashville. And I've seen their names um, elsewhere, and I can't remember where it was that I recently saw them. But, you know, they're great. They really added I, sparkle. I didn't mention it, but Jeff Foskett is on this as well. Mm -hmm. Yes, he also plays guitar. Yeah. And can you tell us how Jeff is doing? Obviously, people would like to hear a report on him. He came out with his cancer diagnosis a couple of years ago. And of course, we, we wish him all the best. Mm -hmm. Well, what, what I know that I'm comfortable sharing, that Jeff would be comfortable with me sharing, is that he appreciates everyone's thoughts and prayers. Uh, outside of that, um, he's a pretty private guy in regard to this. And uh, so 
you know, that's what I know. I would ask anyone listening is, you know, keep Jeff in your thoughts, uh, keep him in your prayers. And uh, he's grateful for that. There's also a very nice video uh, that you directed, David. Um, and I'm wondering how this came about because you've got all these people in their own individual locales. Like we see David Marks uh, playing guitar. Uh, so how did, how did you piece all this together? Well, it's the same way where I'm pieced together the song, <laughs> literally, because, you know, if you saw Mike, Mike's outside of his house overlooking this great, you know, landscape. Rob's in his home, I think, in the same spot where he recorded his guitar vocals for us. That's right. This is and, and I recognized Rubber Soul back there on the wall. <laughs> and uh, and David from where his location. So it's, it was the same process. And 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 again, and 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 I don't say this is a is an easy answer. None of the and this is something that we we really have to understand the song, the execution, how the video turned out, how maybe easy it looks or easy it sounds, whatever. All of it happened because of Rob, period. Oh. That's the beginning and the end of the discussion about this. The video was kind of the icing on the cake. You know, it's, it was this opportunity. And I honestly think they all thought they were done. Once the song was done, <laughs> I, I really do believe, I think they were like, okay, this is behind us. We can move on to the next thing. But, and we had gotten, I had received over an hour's or no, roughly an hour's worth of footage from Feeding America video footage to kind of create a Feeding America music video. And I had started with one video director and then something happened with his schedule. And he was the one who had suggested to me, hey, you should reach back out to everybody and see if we can't get everybody to maybe do a video to, to send it in. And his schedule got wonky. And then I called my very dear friend uh, who grew up next door, literally next door to me in Endicott, New York, Dan Houck, who is a great professional video editor. And so I got, and he lives close to me. So we got really lucky in terms of having less than 10 days to put that together. Um, and again, it was another, so it's, it's thank, being thankful and a level of gratitude on so many different layers because we all knew this was for Feeding America, for starters, but just this aspect of everyone taking their time and energy and then having uh, even the string players say yes. To have that just because uh, <laughs> I was, um, I had Rob, Rob was telling you about different mixes. Well, one of the mixes I wanted to hear, I had him send me a string mix where the, where the track dropped out and I could just hear the strings. And, and that was because singing in the choir norm, under normal circumstances, non-COVID, at Christmas time and Easter service and stuff like that, we bring in strings. Our budget allows, we come in and we have string players. And I'm just a fan. When, if we're doing Mozart and singing Latin, we, you know, the cellists and the violinists and things like that is so cool to me. So I'm a big fan and big proponent of strings. So when we added them, I just got really excited. And to have them kind of agree to be a part of this visually as well was another was another it was like putting the the candles on top of the icing you know i mean it was really just another uh lovely proponent of an otherwise really beautiful project so just every element of what we're talking about is really uh as important as the other i think because it's it's all equally important because it's for feeding america but everyone 
from Rob to David to Mike to Bruce to Al to Matt to Justin, every single participant just gave their heart. And I think you can see that that's what I do like about the, the video is I think you can see everyone just really being, you know, wanting to be a part of it. And that was the other thing. I just feel people's heart in it. So directing it was easy, you know, because, okay, Mike's singing here, you know, Carney is singing here, Rob is singing here, David's playing guitar here. And, you know, having Jeff at the end, that little surprise at the very end of having Jeffrey be there. I thought that was a, a great way to kind of surprise fans at the end. And, and the, the thing, the thing that I personally, there's two things during this project that were big to me from the song perspective, what I really enjoyed doing with Rob was dropping the track out at the bridge because that's where the, the, it wasn't the main uh, Beach Boys who were singing there. It was the next generation. And to give them that kind of spotlight was really cool. It was cool. From the video perspective that I really enjoyed was the third verse at a movie where you feel it touching your heart. Mm. And we go inside the movie projector and we get to see Dennis and Carl. And that those are the kind of two things for me that were... were were, they were my touch, you know, those were the things that I really wanted to, to, to have happen. Yeah, it was a nice, part, a nice, a nice yeah. touch. Uh, David Marks, uh, along the lines of that, uh, so did you get yours done in one take? Uh, is it as simple as it looks? Well, I wasn't really playing that difficult a part. Um, it took me two takes because the first take, uh, you know, I was thrown out of the fourth grade choir in, in elementary school because I moved around <laughs> too much, pulling up my socks, picking my nose, scratching my ass. So that's what I was doing on the first take of this. And, and um, so I did it. <laughs> I tried to keep it down a little during the second. You know, it's like a fidgety Dave, you know, that's me. Uh, I think the obvious question fans would, would want to ask is where, where is Brian in all this? Well, when I when we started the project, which was March, April of last year, again, when I was working on the Sunflower edition of ESQ, you know, we were kind of full bore into this pandemic. And what I did is I reached out to everyone by it was either by phone, by text or by email. And so I had reached out to everyone and we ended up uh, with three people who I really would have liked to have been on here. And that's Brian. Carl B. Wilson, who's Dennis's son, and Adam Jardine. And, and all three were invited, and it just didn't come to fruition. And with Brian, he just wasn't available. And again, he only just got his vaccine in February. So it's just, I think, just from the impression I got, and I didn't, you, you, don't, you just don't poke and prod at these things. It was really a situation of organically allowing it to happen. Whoever naturally was available was available. And I think ultimately, I really, and I really truly believe this, once the video was made, I felt like it was personal love letter to Brian. I still feel that way, very much so. I mean, his daughters are on it, his granddaughter is on it, and his brothers are on it. So that, and his bandmates. So when I look yeah, at I it, you know, it's, it's uh, I, I really do. I view it as a love letter to Brian, very much so. And, and I hope, uh, if and when he sees it, he'll he'll feel that way. I mean, he co-wrote the song. It's his song. It's his music. And Rob did such a great job with being so true to it. Uh, you know, and, and 
it's it, it really is and it's so that's 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 the I'm being a lot, lot longer winded in my answer but Brian just wasn't available it was a great uh, picture that Brian shared on social media of him and sitting in his SUV getting his uh, his vaccine yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, so you got Omnivore Recordings to uh, to release this forthcoming album. How did you get them involved? Oh, there it is. He's showing there, it to there's, us. There's the CD. Uh, well, that that was. Uh, I know Brad Rosenberger. I met Brad back in 2008 at the Wilson release party at Wilson Restaurant, Michael Wilson's uh, former restaurant. And every gosh, there is so many family members there. It was such a joyous, you know afternoon, evening, uh, get together for Dennis's Pacific Ocean Blue Bamboo Sony Legacy collection that I worked on. And it was just really cool to be there. I met Brad for the first time and we've kind of known each other ever since. We worked on the Jan and Dean Filet of Soul release back in 2017 together. We put that out. And so Brad is one of the good guys in the music business. Not to suggest there's bad guys, but the music business is a business. And so when you actually know somebody that you can, that is just easy to talk to, easy to suggest ideas to. And when you get feedback from them, you know, you can trust it. Brad's one of those guys. And uh, so I went to him with just the single. I said, Hey, we're doing this for Feeding America. I'd love to have Omnivore as the platform. What do you think? And he said, well, Dave, Omnivore's never done a charity recording before. And he said, and he, within a time frame, which is kind of foggy now, but within a short time, we started talking about creating a collection of which the song would appear. And then, so we created a single version, which is slightly shorter, which is available now digitally. And then you have your album version, and then there's an instrumental version and an acapella version, because I'll raise my hand first, us fanboys, we want these things. And... Um, <laughs> So, you know, and so that's three of the tracks on the 10 track collection. But Brad just said, well, what if there's a way to kind of expand this and make it a trend, at least an eight track collection and get something out there that that, you know, we can, you know, part of the proceeds will go to Feeding America as well. And I said, OK, well, let me kind of feel this out, give it some thought. And within a short time, I reached out to Rob. I reached out to uh, Mike, Al, Bruce, David. And just kind of felt things out in terms of getting a recording from each of the principal guys. And then the, the fun thing that we discovered is I found out is back in 2012, uh, the California Saga group had actually recorded some studio versions of the songs that they were performing on stage, one of them being Friends. So for the first time ever, we're gonna be able to, fans are gonna be able to hear a studio recording of Friends by California Saga. So that that does include Carl B. and Adam Jardine. So that that was cool that we could include them that way, even though they don't sing on this new version of Add Some Music. And so, David, uh, we have a great version of uh, Long Promised Road. Yeah. Could you tell us, David, about uh, that recording? Is that a new recording or is this something you did a few years ago? Oh, uh, yeah, I did that when I was living in New York, maybe, I don't know, six. Eight 13, years ago, I think it's 13 years ago. 30? 13. 30. <laughs> <laughs> That's more I know time flies when you're having wow. fun. Um, anyway, no. I liked that song when I first heard it. You know, that was one of the first albums done after I left the band back when. And I always liked that 
tune, just the way it sounded and the chords. And um, so I decided to try an instrumental um, on it. I was doing more guitar work than actually singing, but I had to add the background vocals because those are really, you know, a big part of the song. So I, I added the background vocals. And um, I tried that with a couple other songs too and uh, never really finished them up, but I like doing that sort of thing. And so when, when you take on a song, I mean, Carl, he was doing uh, on the Surf's Up album, the songs that he did, he was doing almost all the instrumentation himself. I mean, and, and when you approach that song, how does it compare to the way he, he played guitar on that song? Um, you know, I haven't heard the actual recording in a while. I don't really remember the guitar part on that. There was a lot of stuff going on. And um, I think there was that was the the dawn of the MIDI age. I think I don't know. Could have. I think I heard a synthesizer on there. Um, but yeah, Carl is. Uh, I mean, the whole family. Every one of them is musical genius. Okay, Audrey, Murray, Dennis, Carl. I mean, Dennis didn't get into it at first, but when he finally did, he he you know proved to be very very soulful and uh, so everything they do it, on any instrument you know they all dennis taught himself how to play beethoven on the piano his mom Margie, taught us all how to play the boogie woogie thing <laughs> and so we all had that in common i think that made us a little tighter as a band too you know the, the bass and two guitars and the drums on all the early stuff and uh so yeah um carl you know, he'd touch an instrument and it would sing and his voice is just stellar. So what more can I say? Rob, could you tell us a bit about uh, the song selection for the album? How, how was this decided upon? Like, were, were people approached individually and, and whatever they felt like putting forward was included or how did it work? Do you mean the song that I included? Well, the song that you included and the others as well. Was was that David Beard who, who reached out to everybody? Yeah, it was David that chose the... Um chose the songs um david i'm not really sure how that well, the one that i <laughs> well okay so what brad and i were actually on the phone with carney talking about friends right. right trying to get trying to get one of those songs from them and we we landed on friends because it was it was a beach boys original mm -hmm. and we felt it was true to this the style of this collection this it spoke to add some music you know it was the same type of emphasis you know this get together vibe and so that's really kind of where my brain was the whole time I was pulling these different tracks together and in that same call with Carney and Brad she brought up Rob's Golden State and she was kind of beaming about it and I said okay I I need to hear this song so as soon as I got off the phone I mean within minutes I'm texting Rob going dude send me you got to send me Golden State I want to hear that I want to because he had mentioned it to me like a month before or something and it, when we were going back and forth I said, okay, please send it. I want to hear this. And I heard it and I just thought, oh my gosh, you know, what? And again, it speaks to, it's, it's really interesting because it's, it's odd to me that I hadn't discovered Rob as a solo artist until 2018 because he's, he's a musical gem. And I, and I don't say that as a flattering statement. I literally mean it. When you hear the song, you're going to, it's, it's so dialed into the whole vernacular of California and the state of mind and the whole pick. If you don't live there, you, it's, it's like the early Beach Boy stuff that David was on. You think, 
where you where the people wanted to go all of a sudden. They everybody wanted to go to the West Coast, and there was a reason for that because the essence of California was captured in those recordings. Rob's got that same gift. He's got that same gift. You can you you feel it. You you hear it. It's welcoming. It's kind of like transportive. It's like get your ticket and come on. I mean, it's the same vibe. It's it's that whole same thing, and and so that transportive element that exists in the new recording of Add Some Music, Rob's recording of Golden State, the Cal Saga version of Friends, David's take on Long Promised Road, and Jeffrey Foskett's uh, Get Together, which was originally a Youngblood song. It was, I went through, I've got, I think every Jeffrey CD, I went through his stuff and I wanted to give it, because, because he is going through what he's going through right now, I wanted to put his voice on this collection. And that song is one of those songs Everybody get together to come on and love one another right now. Again, speaks to the whole premise and ideals that are behind this collection and everything about the entire project itself. So that it kind of made it easy from the perspective of reaching out to individuals and pulling together songs that kind of fit one another. And that is again, where I got really lucky because Mike's Ram Raj is really unusual for Mike Love. And granted, a lot of people probably have heard it from his Unleashed the Love album, but it's really mystical and different. And I'm hoping that Beach Boy fans who maybe didn't buy that album or, you know, haven't heard these different songs will, will be turned on in a way they can go, wow, it's no idea that Mike recorded anything like this. And then they'll hear Al's, uh, Al just released uh, Waves of Love 2.0 with, with a song about his cow, Kenny <laughs> Clover. Well, we got an alternate version of that. And again, because I'm a strings fan, strings up first. And uh, so it's a slightly alternate version and that's beautiful. It's a ballad. And that's followed by Bruce Johnston, She Just Believes in Love Again, uh, which was originally on the 85 album. This is a different take. And it's just Bruce all the way through. And uh, when, when was that one recorded? Because I mean, that's a song with a bit of history. Uh, well, I asked Bruce. I asked Bruce about that uh, at least three times, and and never got a real, true, straight answer. <laughs> it's probably from 2007. But at the end of the day, that you know, I know a lot of fans are asking these little kind of intricate, intricate, you know, pull back the layers. When was this done? When was this done? When was this done? You know, all that matters. And I'm just going to come back to it: is we're helping feeding America. So that's, that's what I say to that. And these songs have never been pulled together in one collection before. So I'll, I'll, you know, I'll say that. So, yeah, I mean, David's Long Promised Road, I think, dates back to the ESQ CD for Carl, which, which is in 2006. So that's a, it's a while ago. But again, these songs fit. You know, this, this was an I, the, the collection from beginning to end was a way to bring back together a warmth, a certain feeling, a certain... Uh, direction and, and emphasis of heart you know that's I, I, it's a mood it's a mood it's a mood collection and again the bonus tracks are a cappella and instrumental at the very end but those first eight songs have a mood and a warmth to them it's just a, and again an inclusive thought process and feeling and warmth Rob, maybe you could just give us a, a little bit more history on uh, on the song Golden State. So that dates back about six years. It's from your solo album, yeah. Freeway. And yes. uh, t tell us about that song, what it means to you, and, and, and why you think it's a good one to be on this collection. Um, 
I honestly don't even remember how I wrote it or when I wrote it, truthfully. Uh, it was around 2014. I have to see to hear I'm looking at it. Um, it, it you know, as uh, when I write songs, they, they usually start for, with, you know, either a riff or a lyric or both. And lyrics are kind of just, they grow from, you know, phonetic words that feel good in phrases and they kind of grow from there. And I think that's how this, this started. And I realized, okay, I'm kind of going down this road now. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm the worst at like trying to explain like, this was a, you know, this was that. And, that, and that. I don't even know. I don't know. I <laughs> you don't just know. did it. I just did it, you know. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, I, I, I compose on piano or I compose on guitar and that was a piano driven song. So that, that has, you know, it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of a, not sentimental, but it's more like, you know, it's kind of melancholy in a way. Um, and uh, I think it was, as it was presented to, to David, he, I think that he thought that was a good fit. And I, I think I agree. And there you go. Sorry for the lack <laughs> of explanation, but. <laughs> Rob, Rob, let me ask you, you uh, were in the music business, recording, yeah. singing, writing before, you got uh, into the Beach Boy family. Uh -huh. were, were you, you know, I suppose the answer has to be yes to this, but I mean, were you a Beach Boy fan before that? Did you ever think of what it'd be like to be in the family on stage with the band? With David no, Marks? that was never, that it was never a thought that ever even crossed my mind. It's like, it's like, you know, joining the, the, the family of the Beatles or something, you know? <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, growing up, I, yeah, I'm from the East Coast. So I mean, I, there, there are certainly Beach Boys fans and things, and I was certainly a fan, but I, I, came, from, I came from the Beatles kind of thing, you know, and sure. classic rock. And then I didn't really come to really appreciate the Beach Boys till much later. Um, was there a, a song that kind of flipped the switch for um, you? What helped that? I think that it kind of happened around the time that the uh, that the the Good Vibrations box set came out, but I'm not I'm not okay. saying I was ignorant to what they did before that. You know, I, I did know, but I wasn't I didn't understand the depth, you know, yeah. of, of the music. And I just I really gravitate and still do gravitate towards that '67 through '72 period of time. You know, where yeah, things were foggy, period. things the records weren't selling that well, but the the, the artistic chances were taken on all fronts and um, the music was just really incredible. There's so much experimentation and stuff. And I just really gravitated towards that. And then only later did I, did I really understand and get from a gut level pet sounds, you know, I think on first listen, it's like, Oh yeah. Okay. It's, you know, it's or orchestral and it's interesting. It's unique, but, but then you really start to get the, the sadness involved with the record and it, and it seeps. And I really, I just really related to that. So, yeah. Well, um, I think I can identify with you as, so as silly as this may sound. I grew up in real time with the beach boys and mm -hmm. stack of tracks did that for me because right. I did not have an ear to hear the instrumental stuff. And suddenly I'm listening saying, there's a lot more going on here. Guitar. Yeah. Yeah, those, yeah. Mm -hmm. it, I it, also sorry. No, you had. I, I also love the 1962 and 63 era that David Marks was around for. Well, of course, that's <laughs> that's that's legendary stuff. I mean, that's <laughs> like that's the stuff that everybody hears from from day one, which is yeah, which was absolutely. you know, it speaks for itself. It's incredible. David, what what well, are you up to musically these days? What kind of projects are you working on now? You know, um, speaking of the uh, 
69 to 72 stuff. And, you know, like um, Smiley Smile, I think, was in on that. Wild Honey, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's, it's funny, Rob would mention that because I'm kind of into that. I'm thinking about doing my own recordings of some of those songs. And, um, of course, I have, I have sort of a band in Atlanta with Jez Graham. You know him, David. Very well. Great and, guy. And um, he put together, like, this band that's unbelievable. And we do a few kind of bastardized versions of a few Beach Boy songs and a lot of my originals. And um, I hate to swear on Zoom, but I'm sorry. It's, it's kind of any other way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that kind of stuff, you know, there's not really a lot. I'm not into the virtual performances, although I'd be willing to do one, I think. That might, I don't know if that's um, gonna happen with the Beach Boys. Maybe eventually we'll be able to do something live again. That would be great. And um, it's about it. You know, I'm just kind of semi retired, but I'm always gonna be uh, playing this music until I die. So there you go. Well, Mike and I will probably die on the stage somewhere, you know. Well, I wanted to there say we hope you do, but that was before you said die on stage. We, uh, I don't want you to do that, but uh, we do hope that you will continue. Uh, for me, hearing Get You Back on the Live 2012 tour uh, made that song work for me in a way that it hadn't before. And so... Uh, well, there's a little I'd bit of a side, a side note on that song. Excuse me for interrupting. It's just that sure, please, Dennis to sing that in the beginning when it was first conceived. Um, He wrote it kind of for Dennis in a way. And somehow, I mean, Mike does a great job on it. And somehow Dennis didn't get around to singing it. But I think that's why he gave it to me because he heard a little similarity in our voices. And so, but I'm glad he gave it to me. Well, again, uh, I'm not just saying it because you're on, but uh, that you, you gave me that song as a Beach Boys song that, not that it was bad before, but just something else happened when I heard you sing that. And so it would be great to have, whether it's an album full or just a few songs of what the Beach Boys might have sounded like if uh, you were still with them at that point. We, uh, we'd love to That's hear That's kind of that. what I'm after in a way, yeah. Nice. And uh, of course, I think a lot of us would love to hear that. A lot of fans are, are getting kind of excited about the notion of a, of a 60th anniversary get-together. David, has there been any talks about that? Oh, I heard a little rumor about maybe doing something on TV, maybe HBO special or pay-per-view or something like that. Um, or even if it's like a concert in a big hall that's televised, maybe something like that. But I'm not really sure there's going to be another grandiose tour or anything like that. Um, I would be happy if there if there was one. I'm not sure how many of us are up to it, but, you know, I think we could pull it off again. Um, I just don't. I don't see it in the cards right now, but you never know that that um, 50th reunion didn't look good on paper at all for, you know, until it happened. <laughs> it just it was a miracle. So you never know. And, and Rob, you're in Brian's band. Uh, now, Mike and his band are already scheduling dates in Florida, I believe, in May or thereabouts. What, what about Brian? Is he going to be hitting the road uh, with you guys soon? You know, we, we had a tour planned last summer that obviously was derailed and everything is moving forward 
um, just, you know, at a year later kind of thing. So as, you know, as soon as we're all ready to go, we're going to hit the ground running by all accounts. So that's great. Yeah. I'm excited to get to get out there again. I'm sure as everybody is. Uh, David Beard. So how has the reaction been so far to, uh, to the single, the add some music to your day single and, and the video, I noticed the video has racked up quite an impressive number of views. So that that's one thing. Well, uh, Omnivore hasn't provided me with any numbers or anything. I think it was just, today's Friday. I think it was just yesterday when I was talking to Brad Rosenberger and I asked him, hey, do you, you know, do you have a count on digital sales or the number of pre-orders for the physical, you know, the CD or anything? He said, no, I get that from so-and-so, I'll have to check. So, you know, I'm, you know, from day one, I think it was Bruce I was talking to, Bruce was trying to keep me very, my expectations, very even keel, very even keel. And it was before it came out and he was on the phone with me. He said, just listen, I just don't want you to be disappointed. And my response to that was, if I feed one family, I'll be okay. Because that's what this is for, you know? Um, so if, if I put food on one family's table and by now, I feel like we probably we're probably heading in that direction based on if there's even I looked at the video views I think it's over twenty thousand now, if that's even a, a ten percent of people who've ordered the digital single or something we're on our way to helping people, yeah. and uh, and you know going back to your question about uh, you know getting the different members last year, I may have been a case where I would have waited longer to have everybody on it, you know for those who aren't on it. But when I would turn on the news, I would see these lines of people who were lined up for food, either as a result of their most probably because they were out of jobs, because everything was closing down. So the idea of waiting while seeing these lines of people needing to be fed was just not, to me, an option. I, I just said, I'm not going to let my individual, individual fanboy want of having someone like Brian on the recording stand in the way of helping, you know, I'm not going to delay this. We're just going to move ahead and everything that's supposed to fall into place will fall into place. And I feel like that's what happened ultimately. And you're going to be telling the whole story of, uh, of this project in the next issue of endless summer quarterly. Is that correct? Oh, there he's got that too. He's showing us that. Nice. Of course. In fact, look at this. Normally you know, in the gatefold of the magazine, there's sometimes I do a photo spread, right? Well, here's a photo spread of Feeding America. Hmm. Ah, good Fantastic. for you. That's great. Nothing but nothing but images that were provided to me of people helping feed people, and that's and so yeah, it's it's my story of the making and quotes from Rob, Carney, Wendy, um, Mike, David, Al, Bruce, and so on. You know, Jeffrey all gave me quotes to put in there. And uh, again, this, you know, this at the, the beginning of the project and, the, and, and today as we're speaking now is uh, my goal is to, you know, is to help those in need. So- It's keeping the main it. thing, the main thing. Well, right, you know, and, and the idea that I know that, I, I love the fact that when people purchase the music, they're gonna you know, feel joy, I, ideally I hope, and they'll be feeling joy. And in the meantime, they're gonna be helping feed someone. 
And I love that. I love that counterbalance that it's going to be doing both, you know, literally bringing joy to the family that needs the food on their table. Well, while you and I and everybody else in the world who are Beach Boy fans can sit and enjoy the music. And that's got a that's got a real nice end and, you know, message. So please, everybody, go to Amazon.com and buy the single, pre-order the album. It's for a good cause. Portions of the proceeds going to Feeding America. Guys, is there anything else uh, while we have you here that you wanted to uh, to get across to mention? Well, I want to congratulate you, David, for, you know, this project. And um, Rob, send my love to Carney, please. And um, Absolutely. Love to you. And David, yes, indeed. Um, you know, he's he's been completely selfless with this whole thing and and it's been a labor of love i, I can tell and uh thank you david well, you, you know you guys both <laughs> uh, if i had a t <laughs> here's a tissue <laughs> david's tearing up so so i'll take over uh yeah it's it's a great project and yes quarterly.com Yes, if you don't subscribe to Endless Summer Quarterly, please do. It's got the most in-depth articles about uh, about the Beach Boys. People like oh, David Marks, you know, participate in this magazine and uh, look nice together. Very nice. They, they go they, they go very well together. The book and record. I've told <laughs> Phil before in the past. It's book and records that I grew up on, and I'm yes. a big fan of book and records. Yes. I like to put the record on, read, and ding, and you turn the page. There's no dings on this. You just get to listen. So. I just want to thank uh, David Beard from Endless Summer Quarterly, Rob Bonfiglio, and Beach Boy David Marks, our special guest. What a treat. Uh, it's been great having you guys on our, uh, our show today. And uh, thank you to everybody out there. Come back next time and we'll do it again. Thanks, Thanks Rob. Thanks, David. Thank you guys. Thanks.